responder or a patriot looking for a place to put your skill set, your thoughts, and or want to help continue the mission, you have come to the right place. We are the People's Patriot Project, and we want to be the shock and awe when it comes to meeting the needs of our veterans and first responders. We are dealing with a new enemy in today's world where the wounds are not always seen. We want you to be part of this mission in saving lives and making a difference. Welcome to Patriot Playtime. We got your stick up stick. Now here's your host, Shad Turner of Veterans Unite Podcast and the People's Patriot Project. And as always, Patriot Pride. Hey, there we go. Now I'm not muted. <laughs> Everybody, welcome back to another episode of We Got Your Six at Six with the People's Patriot Project and Veterans Unite podcast. I'm your host, Shad Turner. And as always, we've got a great show for you tonight. Um, but before we get started with that, you know how you know how it is. Start every episode with the Pledge of Allegiance. So, Mark, if you would pop up a flag for us, folks, if you're wearing a, a, a cover, a hat, or whatever you want to call it. Take it off, stand up, and let's get this thing going. So, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right. Perfect timing. So, as I said, we've got a fantastic show lined up. We've got Mr. Jason Perry on the line. And as always, we've got Mark Peterson. So, Mark, how's it going, bud? Hey, man, it's going really good. All right, I got to confess, it's not going really good, but it's going to be okay. (laughs) There you go. How's that? That'll work. That'll work. And as always, we do have our, uh, our foxhole participants uh, although at the moment today we we've got Josh. Josh has been joining us for God, what going on six, seven weeks now. Don't get it wrong, because he'll tell you. Six. I believe we are on seven, but maybe six. <laughs> Actually, no. He he was just doing this in the, from the uh, right. from the backstage. So six right. weeks. So Josh, appreciate you, bud. Glad you're with us. And um, so Mark, what what's been going on, man? Hey, it's uh, it has been a crazy busy week, and we've got stuff coming up. Um, you know, we just want to remind everyone again. I don't think we need to remind anybody, uh, but uh, uh, this last week obviously is our our Patriot Day. Uh, we had the Patriot Day for the United States, which is nine eleven. Um, there's a whole narrative that I have typed up, and I don't know that I'm going to do a really great job at it. But uh, uh, on the morning of September 11, 2001, starting at 8.46, uh, a commercial passenger jet airliner was hijacked, intentionally crashing two of them into the World Trade Center in New York City. The hijackers crashed a third airliner into the Pentagon. A fourth plane crashed into a field near Shanksville, Pennsylvania, uh, because of the passengers on there. Uh, we know this today as our Patriot Day, or 
Uh, this day was a tragic loss, a day of loss and life-changing experience for an entire country. Um, it was more moving for the Patriot population as first responders and veterans and those who see uh, they were going into situations that they knew that they possibly could not and would not come back. Um, we lost many heroes that day, and they rushed to the scene knowing that there were extenuating circumstances and uh, a lot of them periled at, at their duty. And uh, uh, typically, we would do a moment of silence, but because of some of the other things that are going on right now, we're going to do that here in a second. Um, with the People's Patriot Project, we always have the discussion that we need to spend more time remembering. Um, but the reality is remembering is not enough. Uh, we need to make sure we have boots on the ground. Uh, the mission continues not necessarily on foreign soil, but the mission does continue on our, our soil here and the basics of, of the United States. Um, 912 um, is also female police officer day. Roughly 13% of the United States uh, Leos are females. And uh, we wanna make sure we're raising them up at this time. Thank you for uh, going above and beyond. Thank you for doing, um, you know, only 3% of our entire country gets involved in a service uh, oriented field. And so thank you. Um, and I just want to lift those ladies up today. And that just brings me to a reminder. Names have not been released yet, but uh, this week out in California, a 31-year-old sheriff deputy, uh, a mother, um, was ambushed in her vehicle with her partner, a uh, 24-year-old. They both had multiple surgeries for multiple gunshots. They're both listed in stable but critical condition and um there's just a whole bunch of nastiness that's going along with that piece as well so um and sadly and unfortunately we can't and probably will never be able to uh, meet the network with being able to get every single uh, loss that we see but um we lost a young man uh deputy ryan hendricks of north carolina again he as well was uh, ambushed and uh, was uh, lost his life uh, because he's a service member. So at this time, I would like to uh, take the time uh, to remember these people and to remember that we do need people to be part of the mission, moving forward and making, making America one. So. Thank you for that time. Um, so I told you I was in a funk earlier, and this is kind of the whole piece mm -hmm. of it. You know, it is uh, the 9-11 season. Um, we got to get to go through the 12th, and then we are now on the 13th, and the 13th is uh, the People's Patriot Project's uh, Patriot Day. Every month we have Patriot Day on the 13th, and this is a day that we want to acknowledge and recognize everyone that uh, believes that uh, we are in a place that uh, is better um, and we have the chance to grow. And that uh, since 1776, roughly 
we have been growing from that day. Um, and so um, we believe in uh, we believe in this country. And, uh, you know, there's uh, that narrative and I really like the narrative or the the little play where the guy and I can't tell you the actors and what the show is, but they talk about how great America is. And this guy goes through this whole conversation about how great America is not because of some of the things we're falling behind in education, this and that. Um, I've been overseas. I've been to uh, other countries. And I'll tell you right now, there's no other place I'd rather be than the great USA. So um, we're going to celebrate our patriots because they do a great job. Um, we also have Constitution and Citizen Day, uh, which is the 17th. Uh, that is the day, and I got different notes. I don't know why that didn't get printed off. Um, at first, when I was doing the research, I thought they were two separate days, but they're actually the same day and uh, or la labeled differently. But uh, Constitution Day, September 17th, is an American federal observance of recognizes the adoption of the United States Constitution and those who have become U.S. citizens. It is normally observed on September 17th, the day in 1787. Delegates that this is the day that we will do that. So uh, thank you if you've just recently become a, a citizen of the United States. Uh, we celebrate that with you. Um, we got a ton of stuff still. Uh, it's the Air Force birthday this week. And uh, we also have POW MIA day um, with that. They're coming up on the 18th as well. I don't know why they do both days on the same day, but uh, that is what this week is going. Um, we've got some people out there, Kim Ostrander, Rich Patterson. She explained all those names to me. Uh, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Tony Woodman, good to see you, dear. Um, and again, we've got one of those classic Facebook users, uh, that pop on here, and I don't know why it does that, but uh, he says he's running now, a little I, late. I have an idea. I know who that is. Now, my understanding is that you, when we're doing the stream yard, if someone wants to be able to communicate with us through Facebook, they have to do some kind of, um, they, ha they have to like authorize stream yard to access or profile or some crap. Uh, otherwise, oh, I think oh. it just shows up as random user. I've not done it from their side, so I don't know for sure. <laughs> so uh, he just chimed in real real quick. It's uh, Scotty Sexton from down in Kansas, and I uh, just made a, mm -hmm. uh, a connection with him this week, and so uh, he'll come on, maybe share some stuff. Um, Mr. Parr, good to see you um, from 29 Stumps. Good to see you, brother. So we have a guest on here. Let's get uh, to our guest. Absolutely. How's it going? So, Tony, how's it, how's it going, man? I just said Tony. I don't know why I said Tony. Jason, how's it going? <laughs> it's going good, man. It's going good. I can um, relate to um, the funk that you were talking about on the um, on 9-11. Uh, typically, my, um, you know, 9-11 is a tough day for the whole veteran community and for patriots across, you know, across the, the country. And uh, this one really bummed me out way more than most. And I think it was because of, you know, this was the day that, you know, veterans went to war. At, well, the day after is the day that everyone, all the veterans went off to, off to war. But 9-11 was the day our first responders 
took heavy casualties and did some of the most heroic things ever done on our American soil. And to see particularly uh, law enforcement, which has undergone so much um, trauma lately, right? They, they have the hardest job in America right now. I honestly believe being, you know, I've been a cop. I was a SEAL for 16 years, a Boston cop for four and almost five. And uh, being a cop was far worse, far harder because uh, people hated me for doing my job. And when I was a SEAL, everyone loved you. Right? I couldn't buy post 9-11. I couldn't buy a drink if I tried. You know, in fact, I've you know, probably drank way too much for all the free shots that were sent my my time uh, my way throughout the years. But being a cop, man, um, it, it was awful, man. I mean, the only people who like you are young kids and old people and everyone else. It just got worse. And that was before it got bad. That was before Ferguson, right? Post-Ferguson, the whole world has just gone mad and with hatred for police officers. So I found myself. You know, watching, you know, I forced myself to watch 9-11 in real time again, the broadcasts where they go minute by minute and, you know, tearing up and sad and everything else. And I had to, you know, even though it was a Friday, I basically pressed pause and I had to go somewhere pretty in nature and spend time with, you know, with me, with God and with my family. And I just had to do a total, complete reset to get back to a good mental place, you know. And then I came back to my studio, which you see me in right now, and uh, you know checked in with how a bunch of my friends were doing. Called a bunch of guys, saw how you know, you know, like we all do with our veteran brothers, guys who we know might be on the edge or people who are in a, a rough patch right now. And then um, I just got so fed up with the whole, why can't it be just like nine twelve where our whole country pulled together? Why can't it like I just saw all this stuff over and over again. And I finally, I had to, I did a rant on Facebook, um, you know, and YouTube and all the other things where I put out a four minute blast of why we can't do that. And it's sad why we can't, but we can't. And it basically boils down because it's an election year. If we unite, we'll be successful as a country. And if we're successful as a country, then people who hate who's in charge are going to really suffer. Right. Because he's going to win again. And that's, I, that. that's why. That is uh that's the so, safest way I can say that. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And and uh, me and Mr. Perry had a, a conversation before we got on, and we do really share that uh, we are a nonpartisan organization, and we are I I can't not know how to talk about this stuff without dabbling in some kind of conspiracy a little bit, and or following what's going on and you're right i hear it i see it and i what on earth are how do we deal with this crap this is not this is not how it's supposed to happen this is not how we're supposed to work together and that's what everyone's begging for is working together yeah but they don't want they don't, unfortunately our politicians don't want to work together because again that facilitates success and success means status quo Right. So, for example, and I'll just name some some names generally, if Donald Trump comes out and cures COVID, comes out with a vaccine before the 19th, the economy rebounds and everything, what happens? He gets a second term. Well, there is half of the population of this country who would rather the entire world burn to the ground than see him do that, get that second term. And right. if that's the rules, right, if you if your love of self ex surpasses 
your love of country and your love of the people you serve, that's where you run into where we're at right now. And unfortunately, there are people out there who want power so bad they're willing to put America through some pretty dark times right now, and it, it breaks my heart. Well, and it breaks my heart, and that's why I know, I personally know that's why I'm in the funk that I'm in. Um, it is, it, it's excruciating. It's, yep. it's, and the thing is, you know, we go with a hashtag, make America one. Um, I know people that are, are working towards other people's opportunities. I mean, that is in our philosophy, a police officer gives you the chance to pursue life, happiness, pursue it. It's not guaranteed, but they will do everything in their power to give you the opportunity to have that happiness. Right. And they're, it's, they're just policing it. Now they're the executive side of what they're trying to make it happen. You know, our, our legislators are supposed to be the ones that are, are making this supposed to be making it work by law and they're not doing it. Yeah. Well, unfortunately the system broke uh, during the prior administration. If you guys want to know when the civility went out the door up until the previous administration, you needed basically 60 votes to get anything done. So you had part, you had two the two party system really, and people would meet across the aisle and they would be friends because they had to be civil because you needed 60 votes to get anything done. You needed a super majority to get anything done, right? So you had compromises. And with the passing of Obamacare, where they basically passed the largest, you know, <laughs> legislation that you can possibly do on a technicality of a simple majority vote, it broke the system. And what happened was from that point on, both parties learned they just needed a majority, a simple majority, right? So now there's no need for compromise. Now there's no need to maintain those relationships because now it's all about burning the other guy down as fast as you can, right? Because all you need is one more vote than they do. And that's well, where the wheels came off the bus. That that's sadly the what you just said. What you just said is kind of the the heartbeat that kind of keeps things rolling across the board in all of society is if I can get one up on the guy next to me, then I have it. I mean, he's got a nice car, but you know what? That nice car has a blemish on it. Then, or if my car's nicer and, but I don't have the money to have the nicer, it's, it's crap. It's crap. And, uh, I wish we had all figured it out. Um, uh, so we brought you on for something else. Okay. <laughs> we brought you on for a uh, Trident Shield. Yeah. Thanks. So I guess you want me to say what Trident Shield is? Well, let us know. <laughs> well, um, we would so love Trident to know. Shield, I, yeah. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do a little bit of my backstory so people can know. So I grew up poor in the inner city of Massachusetts, Boston, and uh, experienced violence at an early age, became a knucklehead, found, fell in with the wrong crowd um, by a miracle of being able to run a little bit faster uh, and I turned left when they turned right. I managed to get out of that without a record. And at the age of 20, the light bulb went off in my head that, hey, I was I was an atheist, didn't believe in God, didn't believe in anything, but I love my country. You know, I had the fortune of being raised in the birthplace of America, which is 
you know, Boston, Massachusetts, you know, with the tea party. So I always looked up to George Washington. I always looked up to, you know, you know, John Adams, John Quincy Adams, Thomas Jefferson, all that, that was still taught in schools, right? Love your country was still taught in schools, which is not the case, unfortunately, too far, too often today. But um, so at about 20, I'm like, I'm going to redeem myself for being a punk and a knucklehead in the hood by joining the military, doing the hardest thing I possibly could. And I'm going to serve my country. And that's how I'm going to kind of make it up. So um, believe it or not, um, I went in the, in the, you know, no one knew what SEALs were back then. This was 1992. And I had a GED, right? I was so smart that I was outsmarted everyone and decided to get a GED and go get a job. And I was in the Teamsters Union. I was making great money, driving a nice car in my apartment, my black leather couch. And I thought I had it. Life was great. And then the recession hit and I got laid off and, and everything that came with that. But um, so I walked in and the Marines had this awesome commercial back in the day. It was a chessboard with this gothic music and the sword piece and killing the dragon. And it was just epic. So I'm like, I'm going to go be a Marine, right? I didn't know any better. So I went in there. They wanted to, I started talking to them. They're like, oh, you know, you know, you got a high school diploma. I'm like, no. And they're like, can't do anything for you. There's the door. So I'm like, man, what am I going to do now? I can't do that. What do I want to do? Well, Rambo had just come out not too long ago. I'm like, you know what? Green Beret. Yeah, that'd be cool. You know, so I'll go in there. They wouldn't take me. So now I'm like, man, Air Force? I don't want to be Air Force, but you know what? Maybe they got, uh, you know, pilot. Maybe I'll be, get to be a gunner in a helicopter or something cool. I have no idea, right? You know, I'm just a street kid. So I roll in there and they're like, no, they weren't even working. I imagine that. They weren't even there, hadn't been there in forever. Who the heck knows? And um, so then I'm like, Navy, man. I don't want to be in the Navy. I like girls. I don't want to be on a ship for all this time. This is like awful. Right. But then I'm like thinking, I'm like, wait a minute. My friend Dave is a PJ. You get to carry a gun and he never was on a ship. And now he's driving a crane, making 150 bucks an hour. You know what? Maybe I'll, I'll go talk to them. So I walk in there and they're in their ridiculous Navy uniforms. I'm sorry. Navy uniforms are terrible bad. And uh, I'm like, oh man. And they're like, hey, listen, can I, can I, can I, uh, you know, join? Like, you got, you know, your, your, your high school poem. I'm like, no, I got a GED. They're like, well, let me get out your number. Sometimes special programs will come up and we'll give you a call. So about two months go by and they call me and they're like, hey, come down here. We want to see how dumb you are. So I roll down there. I take the, uh, the pre ASVAB. They're like, okay, you're a smart kid. Go take the ASVAB. You know, we'll see what's up. So I smoke it. And now everyone's calling me and I'm like, well, I'm going to give the Navy a chance because now I guess all of you have this program. And I sit down with the Navy recruiter, right? And I was a big kid at the time. I was, you know, into weightlifting and fighting and everything else. This was right in the beginning of MMA. Um, you know, it was like the first UFCs and all this stuff were going on. I was training, doing that type of training. And the guy's like, hey, we want you to be a nuke. I'm like, what? I'm like, you realize I got a GED, a nuke? I can't even spell nuke. What are you talking about? You know? And they're like, no, we want you to be a nuke. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's a submarine underwater with no girls. I'm not going. And they're like, all right, all right, all right. We got gas turbine technician. And I'm like, gas turbine. I'm like, yeah, that's like a hovercraft, right? And I'm like, wait a minute. Those hovercraft go on bigger boats. Nice try. I want to be a CB. And like, CBs are full. I'm like, well, then I'm done. I'm going to go talk to the Marines. They're like, I'm like, I'm going to go to lunch. You have a better job for me when I get back from lunch. And then, you know, we'll figure something out. So I come back, 
uh, from lunch. They throw another job on me. I don't remember what it was, but it was lame. And I'm like, all right, I'm on here. I'm like, wait a minute, you're a big guy. You you want to work? You work out? I'm like, yeah, I like to think so. And um, they're like, do you want to be a seal? I'm like, you mean like train sea lions? That's so cool. I would love to do that. Because no one knew what a seal was back then, right? I'm like, I love sea lions, man. I love the aquarium. I'm all about like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. And then they slide this cheesy, you know, picture of this guy in like UDT shorts and with an M4 and all this other stuff. And I'm like, why didn't you show me this right away? Six years. Pow. Right then and there. Like, that's what I wanted. It read like a James Bond novel. That's what I wanted from Go. Like, what do I got to sign up for? So I signed up for that. And then that was 1992. And then um, I got out in 2008 uh, after I lost my little brother to heroin to drugs. And I decided that I had spent enough time in third world countries trying to make them safer. Um, I wanted to come home and fight for my hometown. So I got out in uh, 2008, joined the Boston Police Department, made my way onto the Boston SWAT team right away, and then did that until my son was born with autism. And uh, when you're on the SWAT team in Boston, um, you don't have a life. You're always serving a warrant, doing an escort, you know, doing motorcades, you know, a billion other different things. So decided to move to Charlottesville, Virginia with it when I was with my ex-wife went down there cause we had friends and family and the Virginia Institute of autism and uh, got a job bodyguarding cause I needed a job that paid good money. The guy worth $52 billion with a B and uh, loved what I did, you know, got to do some really cool things, travel the world first class. I mean, I got spoiled. I mean, I got used to walking on the planes and getting in my own AM, you know, Mercedes AMG SUV. That was just mine. Wherever I got off the plane, there was one waiting for me. Um, and then Sandy Hook happened and an autistic guy walked in and killed a bunch of first graders. And I decided, you know what, I got to spend all my life talents and skills on trying to protect everyone's kids. So I started Trident Shield in 2013. Sandy Hook happened in 2012 in December. And I've been doing it since then. And, um, you know, that's basically what we do. We're a security training consulting firm. Um, and I've been doing that. I also do a lot of veterans outreach. Um, I'm affiliated uh, in alumni of, um, of a couple of programs. Um, you know, I'm really good friends with Chad Robichaud in uh, Mighty Oaks, uh, which is a great uh, program. And then I'm alumni of uh, Operation Restored Warrior. Both of them are face-based programs that help people do help veterans deal with suicide, which is part of your guys' mission. Um, and, um, and then I just started my own, uh, for-profit company called Patriot Crusader Mission, which is just, uh, basically a lifestyle of, um, taking veterans and plugging them in and having them serve as protectors in their communities and, you know, and, um, giving them another mission, which I think you all need. That's me. That's the, that's the, whatever five minute version. The five minute version. Yeah. The five minute version. And it's rated G. So that was the rated G five minute version. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Um, I, I love that you found, uh, and it, it took a, a crisis to create a, a vision and that, that you turned that vision into something that uh, is beneficial uh, to society. I mean, we, we have a, we, we call it happy heroes makes happy communities. And uh, I mean, one of the pieces I'm excited, and we'll talk, I hope you have some time after for the post show, 
of where we think we can plug each other into our worlds and uh, try and create this umbrella of opportunity for more veterans and and first responders. Uh, I just get this, I get tickled thinking that we can all come side to side and uh, make a difference. And uh, I, yeah, I, and that's yeah. part of what um, what's most important to me is you know there's a lot of um, drug rehabs out there. There's a lot of other different things for other people out there, but how do you know, plugging in and helping the people who've sacrificed everything, who sacrificed their, their body, their health, their mental health, everything they've had and been shattered and they deserve a chance and the support to be, you know, remade into a, into a, you know, another, um, you know, for another mission, man, you know, and for me, you know, yeah, become whole and, you know, and be, and to be put forward into another mission for all of us to keep serving, because if you pretty much, if you're a vet, that's, that's in your DNA. So for me, that was, I mean, my, so I served for the 14 years and then I got into after 14 years, I, um, I joined the fire department and became a fireman and, uh, during the whole time still teaching and raising my family. But, uh, I saw the vision that there were some pieces that were missing, for those that serve and there's not a rehab opportunity there's not a hey we'll carry the weight for you for a second so you and your family don't have to worry about this and uh but we're getting there we'll get there um so there's a lot of things that you're saying that i just am excited to be to be part of uh to continue the dialogue um we do feel that there's a lot of organizations, their intent. It's the classic, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Um, their, their intent is good. Uh, they don't have the bandwidth or the resources to accommodate what they really want to get done, but they want to be part of the process. So that was another piece that I realized that there needed to be another piece in place where veterans can serve after they serve, where we can build relationships, where we can, when I, when I need to, I can tug the guy behind me if I'm holding hands with him, or I can push him if I'm behind him, and vice versa. If I'm the guy struggling, like today I'm struggling a little bit, uh, this conversation, okay, it's a refocus. We'll get there. Let's move forward. The other piece that we always want to celebrate is the those people that didn't have the chance to serve for whatever reason it is. And there's some people live by excuses. Some people had asthma and I get it. Some people had a web toe, so they couldn't join the, the, well, they let the, they let them in the Navy. Don't they Shad? If you have web feet. I'll never tell. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I would have uh, paid for those web feet. I'll tell you in my <laughs> open ocean swims. I would have paid for web feet. Sure. Uh, said I, I, they had to teach me how to swim at buds. So I, uh, oh, gosh. you know, not the best oh. place to learn how to do all that stuff, but I, I bet that was, a uh, the school of hard knocks at that time. Yeah. It was just, uh, you know, you just move really fast, as fast as you can until you get someplace. And that's what I did. So I'm not one of those pretty freestyle swimmers out there that you see who look effortly goes through the water. I look like a drowning pit bull the whole time I'm swimming, but I get there. 
you get there. <laughs> you get there. Um, no, but we want to give opportunity for people to serve. When I was it's interesting you said you said that about not knowing how to swim till you got the buds. Before when I was a kid, I almost drowned. And the only memory I've got of that is being underwater, looking up, seeing my mom swim over me and me just reaching up and something pulled me out of the water. I didn't know right. how to swim until the third grade when our school had set up something with one of the colleges to take, you know, the the, the school to to college and learn how to swim, you know. So yeah. I learned to swim in third grade, but I wasn't good. Yeah. And of all the things I do, I joined the Navy. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. You go, go ahead, brother. Okay. Uh, so I joined the Navy of all things. And once I get in, I get stationed out in Guam and oh, boy. I take up scuba diving. So I go from almost drowning as a kid to not knowing how to swim to the third grade to join in the Navy. And then I love scuba diving now. And yeah, it, the world works in weird ways, man. Yeah. So I could, you know, tread water and I just didn't have a real organized swim. So I remember when I was in boot camp and they were doing the seal test, um, you know, I went under the dive fair program. So I had three chances to pass. I passed my first one. I was the only one in my group that did, but my guy next to me, you know, who was a collegiate level swimmer, he basically gave me this lesson at the side of the pool. Cause I'm like, and I don't know what stroke to do. He's like, you got to do these strokes. I'm like, well, I don't even know what strokes are. So just show me what we're talking about here. And he's like, okay, pick an apple off the tree, put it in your hand, put it in a basket, side stroke. And he gave me like a two minute coach up session. I did that as fast as I could until I passed. And I passed. <laughs> so, so I just, you know, I don't know how I did, but Hey, that's how I did. And you know, um, you know, but I was always comfortable in water. Like water never made me uncomfortable. And once you get underwater and you stop breathing underwater, it becomes a lot less scary, you know, with the scuba diving or with the Drager rebreathers or Mark fives or whatever. Um, you know, once you're under there in that environment, I don't like being on top of the water and not seeing what's below the water. Cause I know what's been down there. <laughs> I know what's under that water. Um, so, you know, anyways, I don't know how I get off on that tangent, but, where are we going with this? <laughs> Where are we going? Oh, good. So last week we had D Rock on the show for, as a music guest, and uh, he just got done putting a, a song out and actually got Outlaw Song of the Year with the Josie Awards. Um, I I just want to get cleaned up a little bit. What do you think, Chad? All right, you want to you know, pop that up? Yeah, let's let's run that, and we'll do that, and then we'll get back and talk about what our, how our missions can uh, can help each other. The joy that you used to have is gone. The, the peace that you used to have is gone. I left this town at a young age, you know, a long time ago. Out from the shallow into the deep, the devil started to creep. Mm-hmm. Oh, I gotta get back to my room. 
Christian family. He's uh, he did a great job sharing the the message behind that, and we're there. I, I we can't wait, we can't wait till November to to make some changes and to make sure that we're all in the right direction because I, I I'm just too worried about it. But it was great having him on the show, and uh, we could go down and see him in Texas, big music festival. Uh, what was that? July seventeenth? Is that right, Chad? No, I believe that was 23rd and 24th. Okay, 23rd, 24th. Uh, we'll get you more details on that. We will share. Um, we will make sure that uh, everyone knows where it's at, where it's at, when it's at, how it's at. 
Uh, we know that uh, the Valkyrie Initiative is also part of that with Willis Parr and, and that crew and Sheila. Andrea, good to see you. Oh, you're not talking to us? Oh, she's, she's muted, muted at the moment. Okay, thank you. I was. I think we were both trying to unmute. I got some <laughs> crappy, um, crinkly noises on my earbuds. So, yes, thank you. It's nice to see you guys, too. Well, what, what are you doing? <laughs> Where are you at right now? Well, I'm at McDonald's in St. Joseph, Minnesota. I tried to... So they have a security thing, so I can't use my computers. And, you know, the phone always gives you that funky sound. So I'm sitting very still in my car outside McDonald's, hoping okay. they don't kick me out. There's there's more to this story that everyone needs to know than the big story because she's just not sitting at McDonald's. She had the chance to go wedding dress shopping for her soon-to-be daughter-in-law up in Fargo, North Dakota. And she went from Hastings to Fargo doing the good thing as being part of the, I don't know, that's lady stuff. It's but shopping. You'll have to it was a lot of shopping. It was very, very fun and uh, crazy, beautiful dresses. And, yep, so now I'm about an hour from home, and here I am. So she's here. I've been listening. I started a little watch party, so it's been, it's been rolling. Thank you very good. much. Awesome. So uh, we had other some, a few more comments out there. Yes, I guess Scotty finally got whatever resolves, so and now we can see Scotty. So what's up, Scotty? We, Scotty. we haven't done our uh, our poll yet. I, I'm writing the notes down right now. It's saving Andrea every week. I don't do this poll yes, because uh, poll. What MRE is she going to eat? What MRE do you think uh, Andrea should eat, Jason? The worst is uh, ham slice, man. Is there anything worse than that? <laughs> hey, right before the ham slices came out, there were those dehydrated beef patties, though, too. So you know, we, we could I mean, run we, into we those. Would, we would fight over who had to get stuck with the uh, ham slice. So... You know, if it's a challenge of the the ham slice, you know, um, you know, uh, man, I'm still scarred thinking of that. I love the oatmeal bars, though. The oatmeal cookies. Did, uh, the Chad, did you ever have to eat I never had to eat one while I was serving, but I did a few years back. I started doing this little um, YouTube segment called What MRE Is It? And I had like some old MREs that are probably eight years old, left over from um, Hershey. Hey, those I, are young. We were still eating stuff left I over. Know. <laughs> the question is, yeah, so. eight year old, eight years after you got them, or eight years yes. after they were made? Because I guarantee they sat on the shelf for twelve years before you even got it. Well, let's put it this way: there is a code on it that you can type in on the web to find out when the expiration date was. <laughs> And I think they were eight years after that date. Oh, nice. So, uh, so it was hit or miss as to if it was going to be good or not. And they were, some of them were a little dry. Some were very starchy tasting. But, um, but yeah, and basically I would just, I, I'd put it in a bowl. I'd heat it up and then I'd try it. And then I'd ask people, all right, so what MRE do you think this is? And of course, no one really ever got it right. Except I think I got lucky and I did have a chili mac. Everybody knew what the fuck that was. 
They're like, oh, that's yeah. chili mac. That's a one. <laughs> that's a good one. Everybody loves. You know love, our our show censor. love. You don't love it, MRE. Our, <laughs> our show censor Josh is going to give you a thumbs down for dropping your unfamily friendly jargon there, Shad. Josh. Well, I apologize for that. <laughs> You'll get that one later. Shame. Come on, there's Same. occasions I got excited when I got the chili MRE. I was that was something that I. And the stew was okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it was better than thermos meals. I'm just going to say that. I, sometimes. But there was anything with tuna, yeah, that probably wasn't going to go down very well. Uh, no. I uh, started just sticking with exclusively with mountain houses after a while. You know, I just carried extra water. And I just, I mean, because they're, they're they're basically air cook, you know, they're just dehydrated food. And I just started doing that uh, as much as I could that. And then got really lazy and just like did M not MREs, but protein shakes. I lived on protein shakes for so long just cause they were easy to do not nothing to worry about, but um, you know, ham slice still haunts me to this day. <laughs> so the biggest jelly thing that I was a gun bunny for a gigantic part of what I did. And what we never had a problem with was space or someplace to put stuff. So I always had a duffel bag full of additional food items that was exclusive. And I would make a lot of money off that because other people weren't smart enough to, to bring their own food. And I'm like, yeah, yep. See this Pop-Tart? That's $10 worth of a Pop-Tart right there. <laughs> I wasn't a Pop-Tart guy. I, I just, but, yeah, uh, I've got the section chief out here in Minnesota. That's his biggest story that he remembers grabbing onto one of my duffel bags one time, and he couldn't even lift it. He's just like, it was full of food. It was full of canned goods. <laughs> canned goods yep. are great, man. Man, chunky beef stew. It was Absolutely. Empty more. Empty yeah. more beef stew. Yeah. We should get and a commercial. The, uh... We should get a sponsorship for that now. <laughs> I want to throw one thing out real quick. Um, one, I want to make sure that everybody watching on Facebook, um, don't forget, you know, this is our live show, but we do have a segment that we do after we're done with the live stream. So if y'all want to find out what we do after, after the show is over, uh, y'all are going to have to sign in and remember space is limited now, you know, using StreamYard. So, if you want to see the after show, you know, hit us up. We'll send you the link. Also, don't forget to like, um, like Veterans Unite podcast on Facebook, like People's Patriot Project on Facebook. That way, whenever these shows come out, you guys will be notified. And then there's also that other little thing that we do with the with the texting. And essentially, uh, let's see if we can get that in front of me here. So if you want to be notified via text, whenever these shows are going live, just type, just text join to 713-929-2983 and you'll get notified whenever we're going live with a show. And uh, yeah, that's what I got. Now there is one thing I do want to do. I want to make sure that we get this in before the end of the show um, is Jason, do you have any social media links that you want to share out there? 
Yeah, sure. So um, you can find me on Patriot Crusader Mission on uh, you know on YouTube, Facebook. That's where I do a, mo- a majority of my outreach. I try to keep Trident Shield uh, squeaky clean, and um, you know, that's just our security consulting and training business. So Patriot Crusader Mission um, is where you'll find me doing my daily stuff. Um, so get me there, Instagram. Um, all the, all the above. So, and if you want me to type them and drop them in, I can drop them in. If you want me to do that, I just wasn't sure if you just wanted to shout out or if you wanted the actual links. Well, what I'll do is I'll put the links in our show notes for the episode. Okay. So we'll have them that way. But um, is, is there anything else that you want to cover about any of these groups? Um, no, just like, so for example, for a Patriot Crusader mission, um, my primary mission there is to reach out to warriors um, and, you know, to give them a place to where they can come in. You know, I'm a, and I'm a faith-based guy. I'm a born again, Christian, you know, I know for some people that's not, you know, not the thing for them, but if you're basically a conservative Christian and you're looking for a home, you're looking for like-minded individuals, you're tired of being beat down. Society tells you, you can't be, an alpha personality. You can't be a strong personality. You can't be a strong man. Um, you know, the church really has kind of um, really branched off into some weak leadership. And uh, what we kind of, what we do at Patriot Crusader Mission is, um, you know, teach biblically based, um, you know, affirmations on that. Yes, it's okay for you to be a warrior. It's okay for you to be a cop. It's okay for you to be a soldier. It's okay to fight and defend and protect everyone, you know, turn the other cheek kind of gets taken way out of context. Um, It wasn't cut off my other arm. It wasn't run me through again with a sword. It was turn the other cheek, which was just basically a slap. Right. And unfortunately too many people have taken it that way. And, you know, there's so many, you know, veterans out there who want to serve as sheepdogs, who want to protect their community, who want to protect their families, who want to protect their churches, their kids' schools, whatever. And that's okay. And that's what we do. We teach them tactics, you know, everything from shooting to combatives to workouts to, um, and then every day, you know, we do a Bible reading or a Bible plan study. And then, you know, we do a warrior council once a week where we all get in there and we share each other's, you know, mess because we're all messes, right. To some extent. And, um, you know, and that's what I do a Patriot Crusader mission. That is, I absolutely love. And this is so when it comes to the world of veterans and first responders, it, it does is predominantly masculine. I mean, it's, it's the men, it's the dudes. Now don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that is what, when you think about it, uh, we've got some amazing women out there that are, are filling those boots and they're out there on the mission. They're out there on the front line. We thank all of you. Uh, so sometimes when I talk, my terminology is masculine and it's, I think a lot of times men just want to be a dude. I, I want to be a dude. I don't want to be hassled about being a dude. And, but yet they've got this little thing on the inside of their head and they need a help from a brother or sister. And, but then there's the stigma and I'm not going to call a crisis hotline. I'm not. So this is why we do this. And and I'm saying we, with you, Jason, um, this is why we do this. If, if you need to talk, there's zero stigma in it. Um, 
you can be the the biggest dude on the face of the earth and and realize that that stuff caught myself stuff is falling apart you can't always do it together there's we're getting ready to launch a commercial it's the commercial where um there's the lion out there by himself and the hyenas are kicking his his tail again i caught myself again josh um i the hyenas are kicking his tail and there's hundreds of them and they're coming in they're they're chomping on him he just needs one brother or sister there by him and another lion comes walking in and it's all done and over with because someone's got his back and that's what our commercial's about we got your back um if you <laughs> you're dealing with stuff it, we get it there's people out there and again don't get me wrong the one o'clocks and two o'clock in the morning phone conversations aren't my favorite but i take time to do it and I take time to make sure that they understand we can get to the end of this tunnel, whatever that tunnel looks like. And so um, yeah, yeah. I love having you on. And uh, I'm excited about the post here because we're going to start. We'll, uh, we'll put some initiatives into play and uh, we'll make sure that we're holding each other accountable. And that's another piece, holding each other accountable. Well, that's, that's great, man. The, the, the thing that people need to realize is that they're not, alone right is that you're not alone and you can plug in with like-minded individuals you, not everyone feels like not everyone is going to respond perfect to me right or, or wants to talk to a guy like me sometimes they want to talk to somebody with a totally completely you know skill set and with a different type of personality i understand that but you know we all have people who we gravitate to and you know and and people who you know who we're like you know what what he's saying makes sense and if if what I say makes sense and I look, you know, and people, you know, uh, are looking for that and that's what I try to do. Right. You know, again, I don't just talk to men. I do talk to women as well. Um, there's a lot of single moms out there who find themselves in that protector role in the inner city or they're recently divorced or, you know, and they don't have the veteran background or the police Academy background. And they're trying to say, how do I defend my family? My neighborhood just went to garbage. Right. And I've got a teenage daughter and her boyfriend is beating the crap out of her. What do I do? You know, or my teenage son, special needs son is now bigger and stronger than me. How the heck do I deal with that physically when the police response times 45 minutes to my house in the middle of nowhere? Right. And teaching people, you know, again, how to defend yourself goes in so many different ways and how to be a protector in so many different ways. It's not just the traditional, you know, bodyguard type mentality. There's a lot of different ways to go about this. And unfortunately the demonizing of our police departments, what are all the schools doing? The fund or what are all the people doing? They're defunding police programs. So what's the first thing that went? All those cops in those schools are now gone. So what do you think we're primed for another active shooter? Right. And that is the, the, the consequences that no one thinks about when you want to go out there and you want to gut your police department and you want to gut you know, all these things. And then when the next school shooter happens and the cops didn't get there in time and then what, who are they going to blame the cops? Despite so, the fact that they did it. I had a very lengthy conversation with uh, an individual that holds a pretty high seat in the world of uh, the other industry I work in um, about that specific conversation. 
And uh, then I turned around and I went and I talked to some of uh, the local liaisons here in Minnesota. You're you're out in Boston still, right? No, I just moved to Maine. I'm in phase one of okay. my bug out plan okay. right now. <laughs> um, there's still a lot, a, a lot of school districts that still have faith in their community uh, service officers. And, uh, you know, we praise you school districts that do that. These people are trained to do what they're doing. And uh, sadly and unfortunately, when you hear the the terminology of police brutality, it, it's not in the schools. I'm going to tell you that right now. I'd like to see the percentage. And, and I'll be willing to sit and listen to that conversation. You show me where police brutality is happening in the schools, I will sit and listen, and I will look at your data. I, I will... I'm open to it. I am open to any conversation. The people that are getting the narrative of police brutality are the people that are not following the rules and the laws, and they might not be listening to what they're told. This is where we're going to get in trouble a little bit, and that's okay. I because I'm in that place right now. I'm okay. I that's get it. Bad stuff happens. There's good. There's good and bad in every scenario that we look at. I can't defend a, a, a bad cop, but that is not the majority that's out there. 600 million police calls this last year. 600 million. One death is a, not a good thing, and I, I agree. It can't be done perfectly. I'm sorry. To, to kind of boil down what you said to the simplest form, is when you allow a narrative to run unchecked so bad as it is that cops are bad and that there's systemic racism and police work and all those things, it has very real consequences. For example, before all this started, because this agenda has gone so far in cities like Baltimore, even the cops were not allowed to be armed in those schools. They had to lock their firearms outside the school in lockboxes because they're considered threats in their own schools. That is madness. That is madness. The one person who's allowed to wow. be there to protect their kids is not being allowed to do that. And they're the ones that are going to get nailed to the cross for not doing it when it happens. Right. So these are the things that, you know, again, veterans, there's a lot of veteran outreach centers and I am proud for each and every one of them. And I hope they're out there, but you know, extending your mission to first responders, no one has it harder than they do right now. And no one is more hated and vilified than they are right now. And they are hurting and a majority of them are veterans as well. Right. Police suicides are at an all time rate. If you want to look at, at casualties, uh, police deaths are up. Uh, let me pull it up here. They're at an all time high. I think they're, they're up 87 percent this year in the line of duty and the suicides are through the roof, right? I mean, you're talking about people who, you know, when I was a vet, you deploy and while you were deployed, you knew to turn it on. And when you left the base, right, you're outside the wire. Everyone's a potential bad guy unless otherwise. And you threw the switch. So you got back in. Now things got really complicated when we started work doing interoperability with other forces and you had blue on greens, things like that. So you kind of had to stay on, but imagine being a cop and having to be turned on all the time. There is no safe time, right? right? Your family is in the war zone. Your kids are in the war zone. I've been at a, at a, I purposely took my kids and my wife to a, um, to a movie out way outside of town. And when, who was there? 
a bunch of gangbangers that I just put away somebody and we had to leave. Right. So that is the difference. Right. And these and, and cops are having violence done to them and their families in their own house. It's it's out of control, man. You got people standing outside of an of a hospital right now blocking people getting into the hospital to go visit two officers who are critically wounded and killed or injured, critically wounded. I don't know if they're dead yet. Um, in a hospital chanting that we hope you die. Right. Imagine that is like Vietnam era stuff where those troops came back times a thousand every day, every day, man. And that's going to, that is going to pay forward to a, to uh, some consequences. Like no one's going to want to be a cop. No one's going to want to respond to anything. Right. Right now, who wants who wants like cops are going to die because they're afraid to pull the trigger. And that's already happened. We've already seen it. Right. Where they're begging people to put their weapon down, put the weapon down and then they get stabbed 10 times. Right. Because they're for some, you know, so again, the, the whole problem with law enforcement right now is that one, there's a there's a political narrative. And two, we've got addicted to instant justice. Right. We've got this instant justice garbage going on where. I want to, I see something happen and I don't want to get all the facts from the system. I don't want to see everything played out. I don't want this settled in the court of law. I want a lynch mob right now. And I want that cop in jail. And then what happens? We find out time and time and time and time and time again, there were factors and they're not found guilty in a courtroom. Why? Because the courtroom gets all the facts, right? And that's what we're dealing with. Unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Sorry. I didn't mean to go off on a tangent. No, there. you're no, good. You're good. I just wanted to make sure that you guys understood the, the need law enforcement and the need to support our first responders out there. So again, I'm going to remind everyone we do have the after show coming up. We are a little bit over time. That's okay. I did open up the, the foxhole. Uh, we had Josh stowed away in the foxhole. Uh, Josh, you have any questions you want to ask our guests or anything you want to add this week? I just had a question. Crud, hold on. Well, th uh, I want to thank Mark for letting me do the uh, language control thing. I didn't. <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was going to say this during the show or after. But have you guys seen what uh, Governor Newsom of California did? Why don't we save that for the after show, buddy? Yes, sir. Sorry. And then you can share it with us. Yes, sir. Sorry. Don't be sorry. All right. And never call me, sir. I work for a living. <laughs> Amen. Okay. With that said, thank you for joining us this week with the uh, uh, Veteran Unite and People's Patriot Project. We got your six and six uh, Patriot Playtime. Uh, again, remember this is a collaboration. This is an opportunity for you to get your words and thoughts out there. Uh, remember to thank your first responders and your veterans and uh, current uh, military personnel for giving you the chance to lay your down your head down safely at night and having a place to sleep because without them you wouldn't have it. With that said, Patriot Pride, we'll see you on the other side.